Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go <laughs> into the Marvel Wikipedia and edit Whatever it is. Doesn't get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? My my brain and grams are synced up. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Comic Books, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I am joined tonight by two, count them, two of my fellow comic book enthusiasts. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know whose brain engrams are here tonight. My name is Thunderwing. I came to this podcast with one goal, to save this show. Hey, this is Justin. Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> so, uh, we don't want Mike to fail this podcast anytime soon. Our, so our old approach wasn't working, so we, <laughs> we, we added a color to the name of the podcast, and that makes it better. <sighs> so, so, what we're going to do is we are actually wrapping up our month-long installment, as Mike has so cleverly given me the segue for... And we're wrapping up our Blue Cupcakes Month, where we are exploring blue cupcakes. I'm not going to explain it now. You, 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 you either know what it is, or you don't know what it is. But yeah, we, we are reviewing and looking at the 2015 Vision comic book from Marvel Comics. It ran for 12 issues. The first issue was published in November 1st, 2015. The writer, who I had some trepidation about, was one Tom King, who is currently writing the DC Rebirth Batman, but who we all know and love from his work on Futures and Grayson, issue number one. And you know that I love that comic oh so much, so I, I was wondering what this was going to be all about. Uh, the cover artist for all the various covers is a gentleman named Mike Del Mundo, and the interior art is done by Gabriel Hernandez Walta. So I'm not sure if Gabriel is a male or a female, so I have no idea, but the art's pretty cool. So I guess just to give a brief overview of the premise of this Series. I'm just going to read the write-up in Amazon slash Marvel.com. You know, I kind of cobbled it together from various sources, but just so everybody knows what's going on with this. The Vision wants to be human, and what's more human than family? So he heads back to the beginning, to the laboratory where Ultron created him and molded him into a weapon the place where he first rebelled against his given destiny and imagined that he could be more, that he could be a good man, that he could be a man, a normal, ordinary man. And he builds them. A wife, Virginia. Two teenage twins, Viv and Vin. They look like him. They have his powers. They share his grandest ambition or perhaps obsession, the unrelenting need to be ordinary. Behold, the visions! 
They're the family next door, and they have the power to kill us all. What could possibly go wrong? And that is the ever-so-brief write-up and premise of this series. And uh, I, I guess this was something that I think, you know, Justin brought to the table because he's a big fan of Vision, and I think having read the first issue of this when he suggested it, I kind of also was in agreement that this would fit in perfectly with our whole Blue Cupcakes theme, because this is kind of a kind of strange, freaky-deaky, Vertigo-esque kind of title, but it's also very kind of intriguing and compelling, so I... I, no, I was gonna, I was just gonna say that, like, I would describe it as, like, an episode of the Twilight Zone, like, stretched out over, like, 12 issues. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Justin, you are a, a long-time Vision fan and supporter, as most people would know if they listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Now, is this something that when you came to it, like, is this something that you were excited about because Vision had his own series? Is this something that you're you're kind of rebelling against because of all the the craziness that's going on? Like, what what's kind of your take on on this series and the whole premise of you know Vision kind of basically wiping his emotions and starting over and then trying to create this sort of nuclear family in the middle of like the suburbia of Virginia. Well, I was happy that he had his own book, but then when the premise was revealed, I was suddenly like very kind of uh, cautious about it. Like I didn't know what to think because the premise just reminds me of that episode of Voyager where the doctor has his own holographic family. And, you know, never mind that, but like Vision has his own family. I mean, he, he may have like, you know, an ex-wife now, but she's still, like, someone he is uh, connected to, and he, you know, he has kids, like, you know, Mike's avatar right now is that really nice cover where you see, like, all the interconnections of various characters, you know, like, from Ultron to Hank Pym to Wonder Man and the Grim Reaper. There's a huge, like, interconnected, like, kind of family that runs through, like, Avengers and even through, like, X-Men and Inhumans. You have various people kind of connected because they've dated, um, they've been married, or, you know, they've had kids together, or they're related. So it kind of felt weird to explore, like, a whole new family. I was like, well, why does he need to have a new wife? Like, why does he need new kids? Like, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with his old family, so I didn't really understand it. But anyway, so I read it anyway. I read the first issue because, you know, I'm a big fan of the character. And I was kind of intrigued by it. And then by by the last issue, like, I was on board. Um, I was actually kind of sad that the series ended, although I kind of wonder, like, you know, if Tom King hadn't become DC exclusive, like, where the series would have went, like, how, how, how it could have, like, sustained itself. Um, but it was actually really interesting. It was really dark in places very introspective like what what i liked is though you know even though i came to the book with like a lot of like of my own baggage like oh i'm grumpy you know visions past is like kind of being ignored what's like you had some really nice like continuity acknowledgements and easter eggs like um i think my favorite issue was issue seven and you kind of have like this kind of like a an overview of like the relationship between Vision and the Scarlet Witch from the time that they met and fell in love to, like, the time where they, you know, separate and Vision has been rebuilt and he's white and he's, you know, you know, he, he's stating things very, very matter-of-factly and he's making his kids cry and, you know, Wanda's calling him a monster. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the book, like, acknowledges its past continuity and embraces it, but it also, like, adds something new to it which is something I really appreciated. And also, like, in these 12 issues, like, there's no, like, great crossover of the month interfering with it. Like, it's just 12 issues, one story, and, like, I thought that was, like, a really good flow. Yeah, I think I think for my note on issue number seven, it was just the Scarlet Witch vision history lesson, you know, like, because that was... That was essentially what it was, you know, kind of w one of the constant 
one-liners I think that Vision has in this series is how he's helped save the world 37 times. So it, it was cool to see them actually, you know, spell out like what those 37 times are considered, you know, in terms of Marvel continuity. And, and it, it made you feel good that even though, like you're saying, like, you know, maybe Tom King is a trailblazer and he's, you know, forging new ground in terms of the vision as a, a character in a series, that there there are things that are essential to the vision's past that aren't really just glossed over or ignored it's it's sort of you know incorporated into this piece but it it also is its own kind of entity like you don't have to be an expert on avengers or vision to appreciate this series and i think i think one of the positives to it is something that you mentioned i mean not only that it didn't sort of get bogged down by any kind of you know events or labeling or anything that sort of interfered with the ongoing narrative, but I, I, I always tend to appreciate stuff that has a consistent narrative, you know? I mean, it's like Tom King is the writer throughout, you know? The the person we discussed, Gabrielle Hernandez-Volta, is the interior art penciler throughout this, and, and even the covers are consistently done, so it's like there, there's something to me that about that that I just always appreciate because you feel like it's sort of an un, not you know it's an uninterrupted story as well like not only by events but by you know just uh, I guess life you know like it's not like there's a random issue where like Mark Bagley had to fill in or something you know and then it totally kind of throws you off for that one issue or whatever. It's kind of nice to look back and see that you could get, you know, your two trade collections out of this. But at the same time, I I felt also like you found out more about the vision and his new family and the whole setup in issue number one. Like, issue number one, it was like there was more story in that single issue than, like, you know, six issues of the way all new all different avengers in my opinion you know like where i felt like it was it it was pretty meaty as far as that goes and maybe because you know it deals with some kind of heavy topics like you know introspection and and you know the kind of desire to fit in and and that kind of notion that you know like there there was some interesting commentary i think that tom king had in the letters page about how he kind of felt like you know a little ostracized being a fan of comic books and and how this series is in some way a reflection of that as well, you know, a reflection of anybody who's ever, you know, felt like an outsider and that kind of notion. And, you know, it basically applies to the vision and his family because everybody that's in the neighborhood is kind of like, oh, what are, what's with these robots that moved into the neighborhood? You know, like what's going on with them, you know? So I I think that is kind of interesting. And, and even like all the sort of, artifacts that basically are are essential to the the plot of the story but when they're first introduced in the first issue you you think it's just a lot of cool marvel history where you know he's got the the baby grand piano but it's got you know vibranium strings so it plays like the most beautiful notes and it was a gift from the black panther or how there's the the vase from Zen Law, which basically you can't put any flowers in it because the water is poisonous, but yet it's this sort of beautiful suspension of water that's shaped like a vase in air, you know, and and it's you know, the the, the lighter from Captain America that's from like nineteen forty three. It's like he basically has all his trophies in this household you know that he's kind of proud of and everything that he introduces some of the neighbors to and and even you know the the wondagore tree or flower or whatever it is the bush you know that that was given to him you know on his wedding and like there's that weird you know i i i felt like there there's that that moment where even though the whole premise i guess over in avengers was that he he had so many emotions to deal with. He had to purge himself of those emotions and like start fresh. Otherwise, he'd, you know, potentially put civilians and himself and his teammates in jeopardy. You know, it is interesting because 
I, I don't know if you guys have ever been in an experience like this, but and and I feel like there's probably, you know, maybe there's some kind of word for it or something, but I I couldn't begin to tell you what the word is. But there's that great moment where Vision is basically looking at that, you know, Wondagorian shrubbery and and kind of beaming with pride but also you can kind of tell there's this sort of bittersweet lovesickness because it had to do with his you know marriage to the scarlet witch and everything and the way that virginia his current wife like sees him and his sort of passion for that and like you know i i I, I feel weird, but to me that seems like a very personal thing. But I, I feel like I've had moments like that where you, you're, it's like you're with a girl, but she sees you beam with sort of delight when this other girl who you're clearly head over heels in love with walks by or something, and that sort of awkwardness, you know, like, and and so like there was that that moment, and and I just thought that that was captured very well you know like that it, it's very subtle but there's a lot of weight to that especially in that that first issue i think there's like two different ways you can write the vision and they're both like star trek references basically you can write him as spock which i think he kind of was in like the early like roy thomas and stan lee issues or you can write him as data and i, I think this kind of leans more towards like a data interpretation of the vision yeah, like like Justin said, like I was kind of very leery of this, like to begin with, because I was kind of like, wait, why? You know, you have this rich history with this character, and like, why aren't you really using it? And like, he, they, Tom King does use it eventually, but like, he establishes this new setup first. So I think that that was part of like the the jarringness of it, like initially. But yeah, like I ended up enjoying it, like um. I feel like, like I said earlier, like there's this, it, it felt like an episode of the Twilight Zone to me almost, where there's this like veneer of normalcy, but there's like horror, like kind of lurking under that veneer, like in like, you know, like all this messed up stuff. So like that, that, that's really like the main like feeling I took from it. And I also agree with you guys that like, the, the consistency of the 12 issues is, is probably a very key part of that where it doesn't cross over with anything. It's the same creative team. Like one issue leads and usually leads into another. And if it doesn't like there's an overarching like plot, there weren't like, you know, there were some things where I was kind of like, well, that's not exactly how that happened. Like, you know, when they flash back to issues or, you know, that they kind of try to Tom King kind of trying to tries to make sense of some of the kookier and uh, like, I don't know, like lamer aspects of like, you know, the vision and the Scarlet Witch's history sometimes. But um, I think he makes some work and he cherry picks like, you know, the best bits of them. So. Yeah, like, I think it mostly all worked. I was kind of sad that, like, Ultron never, like, showed up. Like, like not really, like, I, I don't know. I was hoping maybe he'd, there'd be some kind of, you know, f physical presence of Ultron eventually. But he never, he only had, like, you know, like a lingering presence and, you know, an overarching, like, specter of him, basically. But yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. I that the only bad guy we see, or I guess the only like supervillain, is the Grim Reaper, and he's like immediately disposed of. And then after that, like there there are no more supervillains. It's just kind of like yeah, different like people who were kind of like antagonistic. Yeah, and it's not like the Grim Reaper doesn't like die in every single appearance. He's like in and then comes <laughs> yeah. back. Man, the Grim Reaper sure does die a lot, doesn't he? You know, like as like didn't Rogue kill him? Yeah. Like like. Yeah, so I was trying to I was trying to piece together like it's like, oh, and then they're like and then he comes back in Chaos War and then he dies again, you know, and then he comes back and then, you know, Virginia basically is the one who kills him in this because he comes basically it didn't wasn't he a horseman of apocalypse like yeah, for a while yeah. like and I I don't know if, maybe Secret Wars like undid that or whatever, but I did. Yeah. I, I did like that did issue where he was just kind of like, you know, you guys aren't real. Like I'm real. Like Simon's real, but you guys aren't real. Like, 
Well, he, I mean, he definitely seems to, to share a lot of the trepidations that even just the, your, your average Joe in the neighborhood has. And, and I guess what's interesting is there's, there's all this narration throughout the story. And, you know, when you first start it, you don't really know who's narrating the story, but it's, it's very ominous. You know, it, it gives you hints of things to come. And those things are like, basically, you know, you know, these new people are moving in and everything may, may seem kind of normal and nuclear, but it's going to lead to death, you know, and, and you just kind of, you, you know, that this is going to end in tragedy kind of like, you know, he, he basically has a lot of the characters use Shakespeare throughout the course of these 12 issues and you know often vin is reciting passages from the merchant of venice but i mean i i think in a lot of shakespeare it's very upfront where you know they'll tell you you know hey guess what this is a tragedy like you're about to see something sad and it's it's coming on the way like you know these are star-crossed lovers or you know this and that and the other thing so so in this sense it, it is kind of prepping you for the notion that like whatever you think of vision whether he's a hero with the avengers and what have you like this particular story is is not going to end so well you know and, and kind of mentally prepares you i think for for some of the stuff that that really takes a weird twist i mean the you know i guess the idea of a mother protecting her family is one thing and she basically you know blows away the grim reaper but at that point it almost becomes this kind of like desperate housewives type thing where she's she's kind of scurrying around and covering up the murder and one of my, my favorite covers in the series, I think, is the cover to either three or four, where it's like Virginia sweeping like the Grim Reaper's like dead body under a carpet. Like, like I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, all the all the covers were really great. I mean, like like Justin mentioned, I'm a big fan of the one with the the family tree. But like, you know, there there's all kinds of really cool, you know, covers that give you this kind of snapshot of of what these characters are like but you know there there is something where it's it's a little unsettling that you know the vision has sort of self-propagated and and created this nuclear family unit and and you know and they all kind of have these wide eyes and big smiles and they're trying to fit in and everything but you know when when this kind of stuff goes down it's like it's interesting that Virginia's immediate response is to lie to her husband about killing the Grim Reaper, you know, like and then, you know, the 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 issues always seem to end with really shocking cliffhangers that make you want to proceed, you know, in the in the first issue, it's basically that, you know, she kills the Grim Reaper, you know, but by the second issue, it's like you know somebody's on to her because they've sent her this iPhone with video evidence of her, you know, burying the body and everything. So it's like she's going to be blackmailed or something like that, you know. There was one aspect that, like, I thought was really intriguing, but I kind of don't know that I like the implication. We know that the Vision's uh, memory engrams are based off Wonder Man, and as the series progresses we learned that Virginia's memory engrams are based on Scarlet Witch. And throughout the series, you know, like you said, like she, uh, uh, Virginia starts to like kind of act out, I guess, like she starts to lie. And then it's like, she starts to like stutter and kind of like break down. You know, she like has like fits of kind of rage, you know, she breaks the table and all this. And it's after that, that we learned her memory engrams are based on Scarlet Witch. So I was like, well, that's interesting. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't think I like that because that kind of implies that like, you know, it's, well, of course she goes crazy because she's based on Scarlet Witch. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that I like that implication. I guess, I guess it comes down to the whole, you know, it, it all sort of springs from the whole Hank Pym made Ultron and Ultron's thoughts and brain patterns are kind of trying to duplicate something that, you know, quote-unquote Hank Pym would do, you know, so you've got that uncomfortable notion of, well, wait, like, 
you know, Vision's brain patterns are based on Simon Williams. Like, you know, it, it's funny how, like, when, when you look at, like, the current situation and then they go through some of that history, like, where they're they're going through the, the old Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries where they've got that sort of flashback to Simon Williams, like, toasting everybody and kind of, you know, saying the good speech right before their wedding. And you see how sort of kind of fucked up and crazy everything is in this series and then you know also the the baggage from things like avengers disassembled and stuff you're i i just felt like sitting there going man like it it, it just puts it paints that original miniseries in such like a phony ass light where it's like dude has your brain in grams is gonna marry the woman that you're actually in love with you know, but you're sitting here giving, like, a best man speech, like, everything's fucking cool when it's not, you know? Like, so, I mean, I, I, I can sort of see both both angles to it, but, but yeah, there's there's that kind of weird way that, that a lot of those more classic stories get painted because of, of sort of the, the current versions or, or, I guess the ultimate ramifications of, of sort of what, you know, what went down, I guess, you know, because there's, there's, there's a lot of sort of torrid history and everything with, with those characters. I, I guess if I had to like put my finger on something that I don't like about the series, I think there's like too much violence towards animals in this because there's like one scene where like this cat gets stabbed through the neck and then you have, um, you know, I guess the Vision's dog like started out as a real dog and then is killed, and then is brought back as Vision dog and then is killed again and then is brought back. I was like, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, you guys know me. Like, I don't like stuff like that in fiction. So like, when it, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna like, you know, deal with this. I guess, but it was. Yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, kind of like disturbed by that especially like when the dog got electrocuted and stuff where i'm like oh like and it's like that full page double page spread of the dog like all charred and stuff and like whimpering and pain and i was like oh that's kind of hard to take like yeah i mean i i think the whole notion of that you can trip out on a flower and predict the future so long as you murder something and eat a cat's stomach like, like that to me is the definition of fucking blue cupcakes. Like, where you're just like, <laughs> like, wait, you know, it's not, it's not just like you go to Heimdall and it's like, dude, Heimdall, like, what's up with the future? And then you know, Heimdall's like, I don't think you should peer into the future. It'll be bad, bad juju. And they're like, well, let I say the day, do it anyway. And then some bad stuff goes down. It's like that's one thing, but this is like kind of like. Okay, so basically Agatha Harkness is the one who does that, you know, and it's like and, and you don't even realize why. It's like she's she's petting the cat and everything seems like cool and then she basically like stabs it in the head and it's like you know, it's basically setting up that the only way you can predict the future with this Wondagorian flower is you know, they they say it, it involves aspects of hunger and murder. So, and and I was thinking to myself, oh, I get it, because, you know, and I was thinking, like, I was kind of surprised that, that Virginia had to do that to, I guess, what I was calling, you know, the vision dog or whatever, because I was like, well, she already murdered Grim Reaper. So I was thinking, like, oh, well, like, she should be, like, way ahead of the game. Like, I bet you she can... You know, by, by that point, when they, they sort of revealed that in the flashback, I was thinking, oh, well, she's just going to eat one of those petals and, and, you know, see that the Vision's still in love with Scarlet Witch and freak out or, you know, some junk. You know, like, I thought something like that was going to go down or something like that. But, of course, the the moment in the flashback where Agatha Harkness, like, pulls out the cat stomach and starts eating it, you're just like, ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like that where I think it gets I mean there there's imagery like that where it's it's very strange and and the the, the fact that Agatha Harkness is a character in this like cuz she's dead, but it's her ghost that is basically narrating this comic and everything. So there's there's that aspect that's funny and and much like the Grim Reaper, I was sitting there trying to piece it together where I'm like well, wait a minute, like, you know, it's like the implications of 
Avengers Disassembled was that Scarlet Witch was just talking to a dead woman for a, a lot of comic book stories, you know, sort of a retroactive retcon, you know, and, and then this seems to sort of suggest, like, oh, well, yeah, that's that's basically true, like, here's her ghost, and, you know, and it's like, you know, basically, it seemed like Agatha Harkness died multiple times, but it seemed like she was, you know, the implication is the first time she died, she really died, and then when she came back, that was just, you know, chaos magic running amok because, you know, of how Bendis sort of painted the Scarlet Witch in Avengers Disassembled, so it's like, I don't know, they, 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 there's all kinds of, like, kind of strange stuff like that going on in the story as well. What did you guys think about, like, the kids, like Viv and Vin and everything? Because, I mean, by by issue number two, it's like Viv is, like, basically blown away, you know, by the Grim Reaper, so there's that kind of shocking image of her where she's almost, like, destroyed from the torso down and everything, and then, you know, like, Vin gets into a fight with this one, like, you know, asshole kid at school that comes up to him and everything, and kind of is wondering where Viv is and doesn't really understand what's happened and stuff, so there's this sequence where, you know, Vin basically, like, chokes out the kid and kind of essentially, quote-unquote, turns him off, you know, like, sort of, you know, makes him pass out and everything. And, and like, then there's this whole sequence where the, the you know, Vision and Virginia have to go to the principal's office and, like, talk about how he's going to be disciplined and all this other kind of stuff, which kind of reminded me of, of stuff that you know, happened in my own kind of school existence and stuff, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, like, the, the basically, like, like sometimes it's like, even if you, you know, quote-unquote, do something that maybe, uh, uh, you know, school district disagrees with or whatever, or, or, you know, somehow they approve of it or whatever, whatever was done to you, you know, like, like, your parents can definitely be very, you know, defensive over how their their kids are treated and I think you know Vision and, and Virginia play that role where they're like look we'll discipline him in our own way and we understand that he'll need to take you know the mandatory suspension for what you know what happened and everything but you're not just going to expel him just because he's a robot kid or whatever you know like I'm not going to put up with this shit and that's kind of like the first time he mentions he's like look I've I've saved this world, like, 37 times, so, you know, the only reason why you're still around is because I've saved the world 37 times, so cut me some fucking slack. I was also kind of sad. Well, I guess because maybe I think he's probably dead at this point or missing. Like, I was kind of sad, like, Wonder Man didn't, like, show up, like, in person, basically. Like, not in a flashback or whatever. But I think he might be dead, maybe. Or I don't even know what happened to Wonder Man, like, before Secret Wars. But, yeah, it's, it's I guess it's just symptomatic of what we were saying, how, like, Vision has this, like, long-standing you know new like like not nuclear like the opposite like the extended family what would you think of the kids justin i liked them i just i don't think i got like a good handle of them because it seemed like one of them was always either you know acting kind of like off or like was severely damaged or or you know dead <laughs> like I, I kind of would have liked to spend more time with the kids and you maybe explored some of their like other like friendships they had with like kids at school or whatnot but i guess i guess we can with viv because she's part of that new champions book but but yeah like i i like the kids i didn't expect to like them honestly i guess i was like predisposed to like you know to not like them or you know to begrudge them beforehand i guess but like i thought they were all right yeah, I mean, I, I think they tried to, to throw some twists on your expectations. Like, they have that one sequence where it's it's a take on the whole, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, running down the grassy field trying to kick the football, and Lucy pulls the football at the last minute, and, of course, Charlie Brown, you know, gets falls on his ass or whatever. But, like, they, they, they sort of put the twist on that where, you know, Viv is there holding the football... And 
Vin is running to kick it, but he'll phase at the last minute, so his foot goes right through the football. So, so it's almost like the the, the complete opposite of the the Charlie Brown Lucy dynamic or whatever. I thought that was kind of interesting, and like. I guess at that point, you know, Viv is restored, like, Vision goes through, like, all these sort of trials and, and pangs and everything, and, and Tony Stark helps him out and, you know, kind of sees, like, just how far he's willing to go to save his daughter and everything. And it all kind of leads to, I guess, that that lab partner that she has, like, having this kind of personal moment with her and... He, he he basically like he kind of came off as an asshole when he confronted Vin but in in the scene with Viv he kind of comes off as maybe a little you know like he's apologetic or at least that that you know he's like look I I didn't mean to for that to go down the way it did exactly and I was kind of a jerk he's like I and and that he he doesn't really blame her for what is what what her brother did to him and everything like that and you know, she basically takes that to heart, like that, you know, there's a person out there that's not a member of her family, but that thinks she's really cool and wants to be her lab partner, and maybe he's even kind of, you know, somehow romantically interested in her and stuff like that. But this leads to, like, another one of the more shocking endings in the, the book, where basically... Virginia is going to meet this person that's been blackmailing her with these iPhone videos and everything. And the person who's doing that actually turns out to be the father of the kid, the the lab partner kid. And his only real demand, he's not trying to blackmail them for money or power or anything like that. He just wants them to leave town. And, of course, Virginia's not going to back down from him, but while they're having this confrontation, the son is listening in, and the father ends up pulling a gun on Virginia and shoots at her, but she phases, and the bullets go through her, and the father ends up shooting his own son in the head. So I was like, oh, jeez, man, that's, that's a that's a fucked up moment right there. I mean, and then I guess at that point she lays the father out and puts him in a coma and everything like that. And, you know, it it just goes into more of this kind of desperate housewives sort of, you know, murder mystery thing where there's a detective that comes to question the vision and he ends up sort of lying and covering for his wife. And then, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you guys are talking about where, there's this dog in the neighborhood that's uh, uh, basically, you know, the one of the neighborhood dogs that's related to some of the neighbors that have been visiting the the visions in this, you know, Virginia suburb and everything. And the dog ends up digging up like the the buried Grim Reaper and and like electrocutes himself basically, and and Vision finds it and kind of makes this, like, Franken-dog, you know, because he, he takes out the brain, and, you know, and, and I mean, at that point, it's like, he, he kind of sort of knows what's been going down. I mean, they don't outright say it, but, I mean, it, it's also that kind of notion that even if your family does all these horrible things, it's like they're kind of your blood and you stand by them kind of thing. And so he's basically, you know, still their father and still is is standing by them and everything but i guess the you know the twist ending at that point is that you know the ghost of agatha harkness has given up all of vision's secret shit you know because she apparently is a ghost and ate these wondagorian flower petals and knows what's going to result you know all the kind of chaos that's coming and stuff and so like basically it looks like what like the avengers the ultimates a force and then the the unity team from uncanny avengers are all there and everything and you know that they they basically all know what's going on but i mean i guess that in and of itself kind of takes a twist because you'd think like he'd have to confront all these super teams but it turns into this whole undercover thing with Victor Mancha where he comes to stay with the Visions and it's like he's just you know, this friendly uncle basically because he too is basically Visions uh, 
I don't know, like a, a relative, you know, because Ultron, Victor Mancha is the runaway character that is Ultron's son, I guess, in a way. So it's like, it's almost like they're, they're, they're half brothers or something weird, like in robot terms. I don't know. I don't know what, what the best. Did you, is. yeah, like, I know, I know tons of like runaways fans are all kind of upset with that, like the direction, like kind of Victor takes in this like series. But like, I know, like, I know I'm not, and I'm pretty sure you aren't, Derek. But Justin, like, are you a fan of runaways? Like, what did you think of that? Nope, never read it. <laughs> yeah, See, so I was kind of like, well, whatever. He's a. I'm, I'm so not. I'm not a fan, and I've always kind of outright said that. Like, I don't. I, I've never really read much of the Runaways and, and the stuff that we have read, uh, you know, with those characters in it. Like, I've never been of any particular empathy or, or had any strong ties to the characters. But I can I can understand the discomfort with having a character that you might have liked just retconned into, like, a vibranium junkie, and, and he ends up killing the you know, Vision's son, basically, like, you know, even if it's by accident, you know, and, and, and you know, ultimately, you know, w- what comes of that is, you know, Virginia kills him. So it's like, if you were a fan of that character at all, I mean, he's he obviously ended quite, quite ignobly, you know, like, it, it, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a good way for him to go out. No, like, yeah, like... You know? I- I definitely understand where they come from, but yeah, to me, like I was kind of like, well, since I don't care about him, like I can accept him as like a disposable like prop for this story, yeah, basically. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought I thought the way he set up all those those sort of artifacts or trophies, you know, like the way he set up the whole vibranium dependency and then and then you're like oh yeah the the piano has the vibranium and like all that kind of stuff but yeah i mean it it did it did kind of smack of like you know like you know somebody crying about you know speedy being a heroin junkie except for this is with you know vibranium or whatever you know and so it's like at that point i mean you know there's really his character is irreparably sort of damaged at that point. I mean, there, there's not... I mean, I suppose they could always bring him back because he's, he's kind of a robot or whatever, but, like, it, it, you'd have to, again, start fresh and try to, you know, sweep all this shit under the rug, I suppose, you know, which, not to say that comics can't do that, but, but yeah, this was, this is a pretty low I did like for that character. I, I, I did like how, like, when he died, he was just kind of relieved that he wasn't going to turn into, like, this, you know, future bad guy that he was, like, prophesized to be, yeah, basically, yeah. so. There was a scene, like, during that where, you know, Vision's on the warpath, and he's about to break into the prison and kill him, and he encounters Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet Witch is trying to talk him down, and she she says something like, you know, Vision, you know, I I get it, you know, I I understand you like no one else, and, you know, I know, you know, we're we're not like other people, like, you know, no one else would get it, but I get it, and he's like, he says something like, you don't understand, I want to be like them, and I kind of like, I read that balloon, and I I was ready to, like, argue like argue against it in my head but then i started thinking about it i was like i i guess i guess that is right because i started thinking back to all these like weird scenes and like old avengers comics where like vision was wearing clothing like he was just like in his red skin and Mm. you know wearing like a suit and tie and like that always weirded weirded me out for some reason i don't know why and then you know i thought back to like you know for a while he had like a kind of like a secret identity and uh, i was like you know i I guess I guess that is right. Like Vision does want to, you know, essentially be like them. I thought. What... Yeah, when, when he was uh, Victor Shade, like uh, I know in Abuse Six Run, he had like the Victor Shade like civilian identity. But I, I guess it kind of makes sense too if you think about it. I mean, Vision is kind of a like a weird character to wrap your head around. Because basically he he has the body of the original Human Torch and he has like the memory engrams of Wonder Man. So, and you know, you, you like if I was Vision, I would kind of like wonder to myself, well, w- what is there of me that is actually me? Like, what what is there like that doesn't belong to another person that's already lived? Like, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting when you think about it. So, like, I can kind of I can kind of understand why he might 
you know, might want to like wear, you know, human clothing or have like a human identity. So I, I can kind of like understand that. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was sort of, I don't know, like exceptionally sad, like that sort of touched me, I guess, was the, the sequence where after, after Victor Mancha has, has basically slain Vin, like Viv is in her bedroom and she's praying and she's basically like, I, she's like, I don't know if there's a God and I don't know if Vin had a soul, but I'm going to sit here and pray to God and pray that his soul, you know, is, is in rest. And, and like, and, and then, you know, vision basically is like, yeah, we, you're right. We don't know, but I, you know, he's going to join her, you know? And like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what about that, but it just, it, it was, it was really, really sad. Like, I don't know. It just sort of hit me hard because it's like, well, they, they lost, you know, she lost a brother and he's lost a son and, you know, just this notion of, well, we, we don't know if this is like, I don't know if it's the fact that they're synthetic, you know, so it, it adds an extra layer to it, but it's just like one of those things where they still sort of go through that, you know, and, and there's still that hope, like, you know, that, that them doing this can, can offer him some sense of peace, you know, and I don't know if it's, if it's that notion of it's really more for them than it is for, for Vin or whatever, but it it was just, I don't know, it, it, I think that plays into the whole notion of the narration and how this, you know, this was all leading to somewhere really tragic and everything, and, and, and a lot of that sort of plays out, especially in the last couple issues with, you know, Vision fighting the Avengers and, and, you know, basically Virginia kind of reveals, like, that she's basically, you know, she she hid the Grim Reaper's, you know, murder, and that, you know, she was sort of, you know, an accessory in the, the whole death of Viv's lab partner, and, you know, the, the scene that you were talking about where you guys felt uncomfortable with, where she ends up, like, basically destroying the Vision Dog, and you know, eats the Wonder Gore flower petal and everything like that, and you know, and that and that leads her to going to the prison. You know, because uh, essentially Vision is fighting the Avengers, so he can basically kill Victor Mancha in prison for killing his son. But Virginia ends up sort of doing the deed for him. You know, like she kind of takes that on for him and everything. And then you know, it, it's it's kind of perfectly set up where you would set up that you know vase of Zen Law, and, and, you know, the reason why the flower petals don't go into that water is because it's poison, and so, you know, Virginia has confessed to, you know, one of the detectives that's been investigating the family, and she kind of tries to unimplicate her husband and everything, and when she drinks from that vase, you know, it's basically like she's committing suicide, you know, and like, I mean, the whole thing was, was very very much kind of like this this Shakespearean tragedy which they try to sort of pay tribute to throughout the course of, of the series by having, you know, Vin recite, you know, like we said, the Merchant of Venice and stuff like that and him and his his father talk about how much he likes Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff. Or even, you know, Victor Mancha has the conversation with him where it's like, dude, you can like Shakespeare, but it doesn't have to be like your whole existence. You know, and, and, and they, they, they have that sort of conversation as like an uncle and a nephew, I guess, or whatever. But, I mean, it, it's weird because they, they, they sort of try to end it on a happy note because, you know, it's like Vision and his daughter are still around and they can be a family. And then... I, I, I kind of thought, like, you know, maybe it's placating to to folks like yourself who are, are super uncomfortable with the animal violence, but it's like Scarlet Witch just kind of twinkles her fucking Scarlet Witch hands and brings back the Vision Dog, I guess, you know? Like, I don't I don't know how that works, but apparently Vision Dog is okay now, you know? I think, I think she said that she just visited Tony Stark and he kind of, like, fixed the dog or whatever. And then I, I guess I, I'd ask, like, I, I, how did you guys take, like, the, the final ending where it's like, it seemed like he was maybe working on trying to bring Vin back or something? I don't know exactly how, how you guys took that. Like, I kind of 
I kind of almost thought after everything that had happened, it was a little creepy, even though they were trying to sort of end it on a bright note. I thought maybe he was going to either try and restore Virginia or maybe make a new wife. That's kind of how I took it, but, I mean, it was kind of vague. I mean, I don't I don't think you even see, like, what... I mean, this sounds weird to say, but I don't think we saw what, like, gender the, the robot was. Right, right. No, that's true. I mean, I, I think it's pretty open to interpretation. I, I assumed... Are. Yeah, I assumed he was trying to rebuild Virginia or make a new wife just because he was singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And that's okay. what she kept trying to yeah, okay. do on the piano. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, like, I, I, I agree. Like, that, like the, the, again, like that element of like that underlying like discomfort or horror almost is like present there almost. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird because if you, if you actually like stop and consider and think about it, I mean, if, if this is supposed to be a story that is sort of, you know, if you took the analogy to, to its, its utmost conclusion and said, oh, well, if these outcast robots are quote-unquote outcast comic book fans, like, it's like, what does that say exactly? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, well, does that mean, like, most comic book fans would just go batshit nutballs and, like, start, like, digging up people in the middle of their backyard and, like, eventually freak out or whatever? Or are you just supposed to be hoping that you're, you know, you're the Vision and and Viv and, and you know, you you sort of, you know, find your peace and and continue living, you know, even though that there's, you know, like, horrible things that you will end up encountering throughout your lifetime. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know, but, I mean, I, I'd say I really like the, the first half of this, like, maybe what would be considered, like, the first trade uh, a lot better than, than the second trade, but I, I think you guys might even disagree with me, because I, I know you guys seem to be into, like, the whole you know, the, the history lessons and the, the, the way it's all incorporating, you know, some of, uh, the backstory of the, the original vision stuff. I mean, the, the only criticism that I could even think to, to level against it, cause I, I did enjoy this. I thought it was entertaining and engaging. And, you know, I, I, I think maybe since it deals with a lot of heavy kind of topics, like I think it did make me a little, sad, I guess, is the best way to put it. So I, I guess if you're not if you're not mentally ready to read something that might lead you to think about some some dark and heavy things, maybe you might want to skip this. And and then the only other thing I was gonna mention was it, early on it seemed like the reason why Virgin or Virginia the reason why Vision was in the suburbs of Virginia was because he was some kind of liaison to the president for the Avengers in Washington, D.C. And it's like, that's briefly set up in issue number one, and it's like they never touch it ever again. And I was even like, kind of, I, I, I didn't really intend to read all new, all different Avengers, because the few issues that I did read didn't really grab me that much, but I actually ended up going through all the back catalog and reading all of them, just wondering if, if that was ever brought up, like, even if this series was even touched on. And, I mean, I did notice there there was something in the latest Avengers number one where Kang was looking through the Vision's history and, you know, seeing that he, he had a daughter. But, I mean, ultimately it didn't seem like... Kind of like you're, you guys are saying, like, some of the strengths of this series is that it's very self-contained and consistent, but in terms of, like, the wider Marvel universe, it doesn't seem like too many people are are picking this up and running with it either. I mean, I, I guess maybe the Champions thing that Mike cited is probably an exception to that, but, I mean, as far as what, what I've read in the Avenger book that, that Vision was a member of. Yeah, like, it, at first I was kind of confused at how this fit into continuity, because I, I didn't, I didn't remember it being like mentioned in those Avengers issues, but like you know, you'd think they'd mention because there was stuff. There was a lot of stuff involving the Vision in those like first issues where he was like a double agent for like Kang or whatever. Yeah, and I like, was kind of like, like, when did when did always, this come up? Yeah, yeah, it seemed like even in that book, like he he went through a bunch of crap too. You know, like where it's like, dude, man, 
can't the poor vision get a break? You know, <laughs> like because I was I was remembering I, I I forget what moment it was. I think it was it, it was some other moment where he he beat up a bad guy or something and pwned some guy, and I was like, oh, finally, vision gets to do something like good guy for once. You know, it's been like it's like half a year's worth of him being a either a weird Twilight Zone guy, <laughs> like sort of morally dubious or he's literally like brainwashed by Kang the Conqueror, you know, so I, I guess what what about you, Justin? Like like do you have any like sort of either final thoughts or thoughts on, you know, some of the stuff we're discussing in terms of how this series fits into the overall sort of Marvel tapestry and continuity? I agree with you, you know, I guess if Marty McFly would hear, he would say like, you know, like, whoa, this is heavy. It's like the series is definitely heavy. Like if I would recommend it, I think it's really good. I think it's worth reading. Um, but like I said, I would kind of like warn listeners, like it is emotionally intense. There are some like, you know, disturbing scenes or, you know, if you, if you find that kind of stuff dis- disturbing, I know some people don't, it just kind of rolls off some like, you know, water off a duck's back or whatever. But yeah, I, I like it. As far as for the greater continuity, it, it is kind of weird, you know, like Mike said, like, um, Vision was really important in the, that, you know, all new, all different Avengers Mark Wade series where like he was kind of manipulated by Kang and kind of made like a, a, a traitor, which, which is like something that's being continued in the new Mark Wade uh, Avengers book. So, maybe this will all get like kind of like mentioned or 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 something in that but it is kind of weird it's not really been brought up in any other book and then viv just kind of appears in champions and you know she like has that weird scene with amadeus cho that i was like whoa that's kind of weird but whatever (laughs) yeah and i guess i guess i'm i'm happy overall that elements from this series are going to be preserved basically so yeah like i'm happy to see viv like you know taking on a life of her own or whatever and she she in that champions issue too she was like the first one to stick up for like kid cyclops so i was like you're all right viv like <laughs> she was like every everyone's like you know that that's the kid who's going to grow up to be like the worst terrorist ever or whatever and Viv's like, you know, it is logical to point out that, you know, he came to our aid with no, you know, regard for himself. So he must be awesome. And the, the others are like, oh, yeah. Like dumb Nova is like, oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Take your that. Hey, this is Mike with another Fan Holes Figure That segment. Today we're looking at a knockoff figure of the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of The Vision. From what little information I could find on this line of knockoffs, they're made by a Chinese company, big surprise, they're made of PVC material, and the line includes basically every major Avenger who showed up in Captain America Civil War. My interest in purchasing the vision from this line was that, well, Hasbro hasn't actually made a 6-inch representation of movie vision yet, and since I'm putting together a little Civil War display of Marvel Legends, I kinda needed one. Of course, I could have used one of the multiple comic version Marvel Legend Visions, but maybe I'm a little OCD and I just needed a legit, so to speak, movie vision to hang with them. So, how does this figure stack up to Marvel Legends? Well, first off, let's start with the scale. KO Vision is a little tall. I'd say if Marvel Legends are 6 inches on average, Vision is about a 7. That almost kind of works for him. He's still shorter than the Legends MCU Thor figure, but taller than most of the other guys. And besides, if you're like me, you're probably going to pose him with a stand, hovering above the fray, as it were. So the nearly negligible scale difference may be less noticeable from that perspective. I think the only thing that stands out next to other more average-sized legends is Vision's head, which admittedly is a little big. I suppose we are both disappointments. Hey. Anyhow. Moving on to the paint apps, Vision's body and cape are actually painted quite nicely. He's got that kind of muted color scheme that most movie superheroes end up with, where the primary colors are a little drab, but at least it's screen accurate. The paint apps on his face aren't quite perfect. His facial sculpt, combined with the paint on his eyes, makes him look more sleepy than placid or stoic. At least mine does. But perhaps the fact that Vision himself is an artificial being will help you see past any kind of perceived sculpting deficiencies. 
due to the nature of this product, the paint apps may vary from sample to sample, but honestly, that's the same with official Hasbro product nowadays. Overall, I'm happy with this toy's colors. As far as posability and articulation goes, Vision's got less than your standard Marvel Legend. Double-jointed elbows, yes, but limited wrist swivel. His head only swivels and can't look up or down. He's got mid-chest articulation, but no waist swivel. His feet are on limited ball joints and can only really swivel, but he does have double-jointed knees. His hips are hidden ball joints, but, combined with the fact that this is, in the end, a knockoff, they're fairly loose. They cannot completely support his weight on their own, at least not for very long. However, his cape can function as a third leg and provide enough support for him to stand up straight and even hold a whole nother figure in his arms. I tried to put MCU legend Scarlet Witch in his arms and it held up admirably. It's terribly well balanced. Duh, let's not go that far, Viz. Of course, the downside to the cape being so stiff is that you can't really make it flutter behind him or anything, like you can with the capes that are made of softer plastic on many official Marvel Legends. It's a solid chunk of plastic, and I'd imagine it would crack if you tried to bend it too far. It's also removable if you so wish, but I can't imagine why you would want to pose the Vision without his cape anyhow. Being a KO, don't expect this guy to come in any nice package. I received mine in a box so small I assumed the figure had been disassembled and packaged in several pieces, like She-Hulk had ripped him apart or something. But instead, Vision's main body was kind of tucked up into a ball with his legs behind his head and his cape unattached in a plastic baggie. Well, I guess you get what you pay for. But honestly, I only paid 12 bucks for him on eBay, and for that price he's actually a pretty good value. His paint apps mostly hold up to most Marvel Legends, and while his joints are a little loose, they don't seem fragile. The sculpt is very good, the texture of his costume looks very accurate to the real thing. In fact, I've owned Marvel Legends of worse quality than this Vision, and I think that's a good measuring stick for anyone. If you want a representation of movie Vision in the Marvel Legends scale, or very much close enough, this guy is a good placeholder until Hasbro makes one of their own. And I assume that could be anywhere from two to three years from now, considering Vision's next big role in the MCU is probably in Avengers Infinity War. But if you don't want to wait, and have no qualms about buying bootlegs, you could do far, far worse than this guy. Like I said, it's not like Hasbro always makes perfect figures either. But there is grace in their failings. I think you missed that. Oh, shut up, you apple-faced toaster. Knockoff PVC Vision is available at, uh, eBay. Yeah. Just, you might have to search for it. This has been Mike, with Figures that! All right. Well, I, I I guess that's a good place as any to to wrap this up. But like like we've been saying, I mean this this kind of concludes the the wild, crazy, and wackiness that is that has been Blue Cupcakes Month on Fanholes Podcast as a whole. And you know, it's run through a bunch of our spinoff shows and everything. And you know, we, we'd be interested to know what what you think of the whole theme month. And if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Of course, all our backlog of episodes. If you're you know, coming to this fresh and this is the first episode you're checking out and you want to check out other episodes, you can find them at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Uh, all kinds of social media like Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, you know, you can tweet at us, all that kind of good stuff. So we appreciate all the likes and feedback and all that kind of good stuff on social media. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, this is Mike, and even an Android can listen to this podcast. Hey, this is Justin, and... I am a robot. I am not a, a robot. He's a robot. I, I was built by Felix the Cat. <laughs> Michael would get that probably. Yes. Yes, I do.
I was just thinking they should bring back um, who was that in that awful Vision series we read, Derek? Like the Anti Vision or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he he can be like Lore or something to Vision, <laughs> like basically. It's like brother. It's like uh, <laughs> show me your brother voodoo rage. When Derek was talking about like the water pitcher or whatever that Surfer gave uh, Vision, I like, I was expecting Mike to do his like, my beloved's in law, my beloved Shalabal. <laughs> Shalabal. My beloved vase from that I gave you, <laughs> beloved's in law. Right. It's like be careful. Like if you stare at it too long, you start you start mourning for Zen La and Shalabal. <laughs> Like Vision's like, wow, I don't even know who Shalabal is, and I miss her now. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, the the comic geek is going to be like, um, excuse me, in issue six of Dan Slott's run, all of Zen Law's history and culture was wiped out. Why does the vase still work? I don't understand. The science of Zen Law ba- vases makes no sense. I just have a little asterisk. This takes place before the events of issue six. 